to our podcast. We are the Faith Lift Sisters, four women who love Jesus and who have committed to spending time together studying the Bible and growing in friendship with each other. We love being together and we hope that you will enjoy your time with us. All right. Hey there. We are in day two of this week of Hebrews. We're going to be reading um, Hebrews 13. Nope. Hebrews 6. Chapter 6, verses 13 through 20. My goodness, I could not even say that. Um, and Rosemary is going to be our guest reader today. Rosemary in the house. Oh my goodness, the pressure is amazing. <laughs> oh, oh well, it's a good dear. thing that you're reading because I just opened up my Bible. I closed it on accident and then I opened it up to Acts, which is not what we're reading. No. <laughs> anyway, Rosemary, why don't you read while I figure out where I'm going? Perfect. This is Hebrews chapter 6, 13 to 20. When God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and give you many descendants. And so after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. People swear by someone greater than themselves, and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised, he confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to take hold of the hopes that before us may be greatly encouraged. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain, where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Well done. Mm-hmm. Yes, and you even had a big name in there. Well, that we had to practice and talk about before because <laughs> I was saying it wrong. <laughs> there was a great debate about how to pronounce M. I'm swearing. That's what we decided yeah. to call him. <laughs> Melchizedeki. That's what we say. No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's back, <laughs> right? Melchizedek is back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. We just did a quick touch on him a couple of days ago. And mm-hmm. then tomorrow we're going to do an even bigger touch on him. We're going to like really camp out on him. But how does he play into things today? Just as a reminder. He, go ahead. <laughs> he was a high priest and a king. Yeah a priest of our God and the King of Salem. And it's, and they talk in this particular one of the order of Melchizedek. Mm-hmm. So we don't know where he came from, who his parents were. We don't know much about him. Um, he certainly wasn't from the Levitical line, from Aaron's line. Um, Which means he wasn't appointed by man. He was appointed by God. Appointed by God. Right. Yep. So he's just a guy that kind of shows up. And God's like, you, you are my man. Yeah. yeah. Take over the high priest duties. Mm-hmm. So that is kind of um, an illustration, a precursor to how Jesus would be. Although Jesus was far more than God going, hey, you're my man. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I'm curious about that too, Suzanne, because there's that talk about how he could be 
divine in nature mm-hmm. or how he could be human. And um, it, it is really profound how he reflects who Christ is on our behalf. Yeah. yeah. There's two, as I read it, there are two schools of thought <clears throat> about his parentage and stuff. And because it says in here, he's without a genealogy. That he has genealogy. no father, no mother, no ending, no beginning. And so some people say it is Christ in that position. And he has the authority to even bless Abraham. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are others who say, no, just just a style of writing because he's not in Levit- the, the Levitical line, so his genealogy isn't mentioned. So See, I think all, it's, he was well before the law was given, though, right way before That's Moses. So you know, now we know that the Levitical priesthood was mm-hmm. in Abraham, you know, and part of his seed. Yes, um, but we don't know anything about Melchizedek. In that regard, nope. Nope. Yeah, can we just okay. kind of mention? Oh, go ahead. I'm oh, sorry, Susie. Nope, that's okay. I was gonna. Okay, so since we don't know much about McKizzledeck, McKella, <laughs> I butchered it. M. Yes, no. we yes. do know a lot about Abraham. Mm-hmm. And right in this particular passage, we're talking about the promise that God made to Abraham. So. I'll throw that out there. What is the promise from God to Abraham? Why is Abraham versus God, like the sworn, the better, right? Because you make an oath on the one who is better. And so this passage says God is the better one. So he swore on himself. So I guess not God versus Abraham. That's kind of a dumb one. But um, Abraham, the promise, the significance, go. <laughs> oh. You know what? She's scary. The only thing she should have said too is Terry. Now what? <laughs> That's when I feel better. <laughs> That's when I panic. <laughs> yeah. I, I uh, yeah. Okay, so that was like I just threw a lot there. You threw that a lot. was that was very challenging. So really, like let's kind of di- like ask in about like what does the promise of God to Abraham how does that affect this passage and what we're talking about here and what does that go to show to us moving forward okay so so possibly uh, a little start with that is um looking at just reminding people the genealogy we have Abraham then we have Isaac then we have Jacob Jacob had his sons re- were represented in the 12 tribes of Israel and Levi was one of his sons. So when we're talking about um, descendants or Levites. We're talking about genealogy going all the way up through that. Jesus does have an earthly genealogy, but he also does not have an earthly genealogy, right? Um, he's the son of God. He was there at the beginning. He created genealogy. <laughs> mm-hmm. He was God. Um, so I know people say, well, Mary had a genealogy, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a human way to track that. And he came from the line of Judah, which right. was not given the job of being a high priest. Right. It's no. not the Levitical line at all. Right. Right. So, and, and another piece about the Levitical line, which Angie had said earlier, um, Abraham and Melchizedek were contemporaries. They were in the same time period. 
Then there's Isaac and Jacob and the 12 sons, the 12 tribes, which is Levi. So that wasn't even there when Melchizedek was there. So they couldn't have pulled him out of the Levitical line because that didn't exist yet. That was in Abraham's seed. And that was in what Suzanne was just talking about, the promise that you will have descendants called the sand and the stars, and you will be the father of many nations, right? That's the promise that God gave to Abraham. Um, And Abraham, I know we've talked about this before, like Abraham was phenomenal in his walk of faith. Mm -hmm. He never saw things come to fruition. um, He continued to walk out God's promise to him. Right. And Melchizedek was one of those little stories just stuck in there. Yeah. Which is really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like you almost like, well, where did that come from? It was one of those things that makes you really stop and think, why is that in there? Yeah. But I think it's, I don't, I'm not sure, but I think part of it is just to show us that um, God can do anything with anyone he chooses. Mm-hmm. And this guy's, <coughs> excuse me, <clears throat> basically, you know, from nowhere, out of the blue, he shows up. Mm-hmm. And God can use us out of the blue and put us into a position where we're able to bless somebody. Like um, mm-hmm. Abraham gave him the tithe, but yeah. but Melchizedek, uh, Melchizedek, eh, whatever, he, <laughs> he blessed Abraham. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and yeah. He, so Melchizedek is the one that is superior to Abraham. Yes. Mm-hmm. But we don't even really know anything about him. So God can take somebody who is a virtual unknown and make them into someone of great significance that you might or might not hear about. Yeah. Wondering even if he's the representative of theophany. Right. Well, and right. yeah, I think there's a lot of, of evidence and a lot of opinions that mm-hmm. he is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when we say theophany, what is that? I want to act like Suzanne. <laughs> I wrote that down. I wrote Everybody that down somewhere. It's a, um, it's a, uh, a type of Jesus, a type of Christ. More right? than that. It is a, that? I have it written down here. <laughs> oh, wow. I thought I knew the answer. Now I'm nervous. I don't want to say it. I would have said similar to what it's a, um, an experience of Christ being here. Okay. Of God being here on earth. Right? Like an epiphany. An yeah. epiphany is like an announcement, I think, of something. So it's breaking it, breaking it out. I'll have to look that up. Okay. But Terry, if you can't find it, I will go looking for it. Um, I don't know. I haven't. I'm, I know that I wrote it down because I <clears throat> Googled it to look up the exact meaning of it. Exactly. It's kind of like an appearance of God. That's the theo, theo part. Yeah. An, an appearance and a um, personal manifestation of okay. God. Yes. That's exactly what Google says. A visible mani- manifestation to yeah. humankind of God. Yeah. A theophany. Okay. So That's a great we, word. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 more than just this guy on the road or just this yeah. guy who was a, like a really good king, you yeah. know, or something. He was he was more. And the thing I think is really interesting is Abraham recognized that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. gave him 10%. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And that, by the way, that 10% tithing system was not set up yet either. No. It might have been a cultural thing already in place. I don't know. But I know biblically that that had not been put in place yeah. at this time. Oh, but God made sure that that story got in there yeah. for us to see and to look at. So mm-hmm. that was a good, it's a good one because I had kind of seen that here and there. That name sticks with you once you oh, read it, right? Right, right. <clears throat> but I didn't really get it. But I think I have a little bit better grip on it now. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm i going with the theophany. Okay. Yeah. Well, I there's this one verse in here, 17. Oh, 16, probably. People swear by someone greater than themselves. That we're, That's what we're talking about. God couldn't swear by anyone greater than himself because he's the greatest. Because he's the greatest. It's like Muhammad Ali, the greatest <laughs> of all time. I was just going to say God is the goat. <laughs> ah, he's the right? goat. <laughs> that is so funny, Terry. That is cute, Terry. Yes. Yeah. God is the goat. Yes, I'm sure oh. that's in here somewhere. I know it but, is. I know it is. But it was I, like, go ahead. I just found it amazing that God would swear by himself. Yeah. That he, this is so serious to him. And he wants to go for Abraham to, to know it, to believe it, to receive it. That he, he swears by himself. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. that's huge. Yeah, her homework. Well, under the <clears throat> on the day two homework, the, um, the FYI box, our Kent Hughes says <clears throat> God did not have to swear by an oath, but He did so as a condescension or accommodation to human weakness. Isn't that something? Because He knew how much it would mean to us for Him to do that, or how much yeah. it would mean to how Abraham. much more weight it would carry with Abraham, <clears throat> right? Yeah. right. And that's so true with us. It's like you can be talking and yapping and back and forth and have this double-mindedness about anything. But if someone says, I swear to you on the Bible. Yeah. yeah. That's what yeah. people do a lot. Yeah. I swear in court, I'm telling the truth on the Bible, right? Yeah. It's um, weightier. Mm-hmm. It means more, has more significance. Yeah. yeah. And for some reason, we as the two parties will tend to go, all right, I'm willing to listen. Mm-hmm. right? It's like, okay, now it's like settled all this argument, all this fussy stuff. If someone saying, I'm telling you the truth mm-hmm. and I'm swearing an oath to that, it tends to drop out all the arguments. And that was one of the things they were saying in here mm-hmm. in 16, the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all argument because God wanted to make the unchanging neighbor, nature of his purpose very clear to the heirs of what was promised. He confirmed it with an oath, not because he needed it, but mm-hmm. because we needed it, because he knew we were all double-minded and silly and back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, God did this so that two unchangeable things um, in which it is impossible for God to lie. So that's the first unchangeable thing. Um, and then the second one was so that we could be greatly encouraged. Mm-hmm. Right. And when we're so, and I noticed this with me, what's the truth? Let me start there. Like we were talking yesterday about Bible study. And it's like, sometimes I come to Bible study with an attitude of, it's going to be hard, right? <laughs> I can't get this. Or, oh, it's going to be like about saying God over and over. It's like, you know what? 
sometimes we just get these ridiculous attitudes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And um, what I know is I have to say, this is like a new, I'm saying it over and over. It's like, tell the truth, even if it's only to yourself, right? God has told the truth to us. And then he put an oath on top of that for our sake. Mm-hmm. So that we can start there. And then the next verse says, we have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. Uh, it's like, that's the point of this oath, so that we can be secure, so that we can have it as an anchor, so that we start there. And it doesn't move on us, right? I was thinking about the anchor part. Yeah. <clears throat> and I don't know why that the first day, the drifting thing is just kind of yeah. stuck with me and rolled with me in, in all of this. But that anchor, because, um, you know, I've been on the boat, my sisters, we had a little yeah. boat for a while. My sisters have all had boats. And so that anchor is so important. So you don't drift mm-hmm. and you got to, you drop it and, you know, your and boat you drag a little it. Bit and, yeah. And it digs in mm-hmm. and you might, you know, go a little bit around this way if the current takes you or, you know, if another boat goes by and gives you a wave, you know, you go that way, but you're not moving. Mm-hmm. You are in that spot and it's where you want to be. You've laid it down there on purpose and you're not going anywhere. And that's what God is for us, an anchor and his word is an anchor for us to pin our hopes in and to dig into so that we're not drifting. Mm -hmm. I loved when you said you've put it there intentionally. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So they don't anchors just don't drop anywhere. Right. No. Right. They're put down intentionally. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and so part of that is like, and we're engaging with God and saying, yes, we believe this anchor intentionally. We are saying we agree on the anchor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But then what that gives us is such security. So such complete hope and security. Um, and, and then there's this next part on it. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain. That's the second part of um, 19. That's where we're talking about the Holy Holies, the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. Love me some tabernacle studies. I really mm-hmm. do. It's just, it's amazing. What an amazing picture of God. And who he is and what he does for us. Well, the Holy of Holies was where God dwelt above the mercy seat. So we're we're welcome in there now. Mm-hmm. We're welcome to be right there with God in the Holy of Holies mm-hmm. because of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I love that that whole thing of the anchor for our souls. Um, Because I grew up on boats too, Terry. You know, we were always out fishing. Um, And and I loved the fact that we could put that anchor down and and know exactly where we were and know we weren't going anywhere else. Yeah. Yeah, and that's interesting. The boat can drift and move around that anchor and things can look different. You can have different perspectives, different views as you look out, but it's always tethered to that anchor. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. What God has done for us. Amen. Yeah. So then that, and then as I just kind of keep moving on with that, then that next, um, that next one where it says, it enters the sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner Jesus is entered on our behalf. Probably should have read the whole sentence. 
like that. <laughs> but um, he has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek, sorry. And so um, that God is our high priest. This is the describing, beginning describing of God as our high priest. Um, only this is forever. And we'll be getting into that later as we talk through mm-hmm. like what it is to be a high priest and how Jesus represented us. Mm-hmm. But it all starts in that anchoring and that oath of God and how important that is. Then we move from there. Well, yeah. I think it, it, it just calls us to remember how faithful God is that he is trustworthy, that he does what he says he's going to do. We have a great record of that with Abraham. Um, I mean, Abraham had to wait, what, 25 years from the time God told him um, that he was going to make his descendants as plenteous as the sand. And then even after that 25 years, he gets one, Mm -hmm. Isaac, just one guy, not 10 kids. I mean, he's got... Um, Ishmael, Ishmael. Yeah. Right, from Hagar, but that's not the promise that God gave. Right. Um, so I, I think it's it's pretty awesome that we can read in Hebrews about a promise that God made thousands of years ago, and we're living in the fulfillment of that promise. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He is faithful, and he does what he says he's going to do. Yeah, yeah. And what it how does that change how we live our lives? Right? It's that we if we constantly have that anchor set, we have that one down and it, and it's not going to move, then we can move in our lives. They can look different in in good ways, but they always have that anchor. And we're always connected to him. And I think that just for me that gives me a confidence. Because, and then I don't have to, am I off course? Am I drifting away? Am I off course? Am I drifting away? Am I doing this right? I don't know. That's when I become God and my anchor is not set. But once I first put that anchor down and I set it, say, God, this is your day. <laughs> oh, no. The second phrase that when it was, God, this is your day. Don't screw it up. It was not <laughs> what I was going to say. <laughs> but it's like, this is your day, God. Help me respond however you want me to respond. <laughs> He gets jokes. Yes. <laughs> he does get jokes. Yes, he does. Thank goodness. We have laughed mm-hmm. so much together, God and me. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> That's one of my hopes. <laughs> I think for sure. <laughs> yes. Well, oh. on that very anchoring note, it, um, Angie, would you like to pray for us? I would love to pray for us. Thanks. Father, thank you that you are an anchor for our souls. Thank you that you have given us your promises, you've given us your word, and nothing can change that. That you are faithful to what you say, you're faithful in what you do. Um, You even swore by yourself, Father, so that we would have more confidence and more hope. Not because you needed to do that, but you did it for us. Father, we thank you that you know us, you know exactly who we are, you know exactly how we are. Thank you, Father, that you know us and you love us, that we don't have to earn that love, um, that you've loved us from the day you knit us together in our mother's wombs. 
And so, Father, we just pray in the name of Jesus that we will draw near to you and that we will be as faithful to you as you are to us. Father, lead us into that kind of faithfulness. And Lord, I just praise you because you are such a good father. I praise you and I worship you because you are greater than anyone or anything. I praise you and worship you, Lord, because there is no one like you. And so, Father, thank you for this time together. I ask your blessing on all of us that have been pondering your word, meditating on your word. Uh, And Father, I know that because we've been talking about you and we've been talking about your word, I know that the angels are rejoicing in heaven. Um, And I also know, Father, that as your word has gone forth, you are watching over it to perform it. And so, Father, we are always grateful to know of your faithfulness. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And cut. <laughs> 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 <laughs>